Welcome to From Caving In to Crushing It, the podcast for those who find themselves immersed in adversity and choose to write their story instead of having others write it for them. I'm Drew Duraney, and I'm your host. Corey, so good to see you, my friend. Likewise, Drew. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Um, first, we have we have Frank Agin to thank for this because Frank introduced us. And um, you and I have spoken once and I feel we connected, man. I feel like I, I've known you for a long time and, and I'm grateful for that. So thank you for coming on. Uh, your story is so impactful. And I, I only bring people on who are a good human beings who have gone through stuff in life, who haven't retreated, mm-hmm. who faced their challenges head on and have come out on the other side, better people for it. And now wish to tell their story so they can help other people in dark times to give people some hope and inspiration. And you are certainly one of those people who has inspired me. And I know you can help others by sharing your story. So thank you for coming on. Thank you, Drew. So, so Corey, when we're kids, we're taught that life is a straight line. Life is linear. You know, we had people tell us, hey, Corey, hey, Drew, if you do A, B, C, and D, E is going to happen. And we believe it. What we're not taught is that there may be a barrier in life just thrown in front of us after each of those steps that we've got to face. And I know you faced a few of those. So if you can reach back as far as you want to go and think of a defining moment in your life where you finally realized, hey, Corey, there's another way to live, a better way to live. And you know what? I want to live better. So I'm going that route instead of the route I've been taught. So I want to hear your story wherever you want to start. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's a that's an interesting thought, right? So to add context to the things that happened, and we'll I know we'll touch on what happened at uh, while I was down at Baylor, but had a context to that, I think it's important to also understand where I started, right? Yes, so I'm originally from uh, Buffalo, New York, um, single family, just my mom and my brother at the time. Mm-hmm. But as I was growing up, I, you know, I saw a lot of violence, right? And I, I do remember, even as a young child, thinking to myself that I didn't want that for my life. And uh, I tried to do things and surround myself around people to avoid being where I started. Mm -hmm. Um, And then fast forward, that ultimately led me to pursuing sports to get out of my current condition. Mm -hmm. And um, I had some I had some rough bumps, but um, I would say that question I had realized and answered a few times throughout life. Mm -hmm. I don't want this. Uh, You know, I have to push back. I have to keep fighting. What did you have? You you mentioned a single single family with your mom. Did you grow up with a male mentor or role model who who helped you along um, in the in the process of becoming from a boy to a man? No, no. Yeah, no, actually, I, I didn't. But my, my mom, right? Um, my mom worked all blue collar jobs. Okay. Right. And so 
she would she would go to work. Um, she didn't have a car, so she would either catch the bus or walk there. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she would come home, yeah. I would try to run up and hug her. And she'd be like, you know, you got to back up because she's so dirty okay. with grease yeah. from working in the factory, right? Okay. Um, and then she would shower, wash her face, and the, the towel would literally be black from the oil, sure. right? But to your, your first question, seeing that, I'm like, I don't want that for my mom. Mm. And I also want that for myself. Got it. Um, right. So she was was an example of the type of man that I want it to be. I see. Wow. Um, is mom still with us? Yes. Yes. Well, I, I want to say hi to your mother and say thank you for <laughs> raising such a wonderful son. Um, and you're an amazing woman and, and see, see what you taught your son. So if he hasn't told you that he's told you that now. So good yeah. job, Corey. And good job, mom. Um, I love to hear that. Uh, Corey, I love to hear that. So, so mom instilled a lot of awesome, attri- awesome um, traits in you. So mm-hmm. tell me about um, picking up the sports. What was your sport of choice? Ah, very good question. So my first sport was football. Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, I used to walk around the neighborhood and tell people I was going to the NFL and they uh-huh. were like, man, you, you don't know what's going to happen in life. Yeah. And then when I turned 14, I picked up basketball. Okay. So I would call a late bloomer, uh-huh. started up with football, was pretty good. But then I switched over to, to basketball uh, going into my freshman year of high school. Okay. So, so, so go back to like your freshman year in high school, you're being a try. They had tryouts, I assume, or you like, uh, did they make, did you automatically make, how did that work? Yeah. So I didn't play varsity at first. I played like freshmen. So okay. you didn't, you, yeah. you didn't really try out for for the freshman team, you were okay. kind of just on it. But, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so I was, uh, I was athletic. So I was, you know, it was kind of an easy choice. All right. Cool. So, all right. So, how about when you learned you made the varsity high school team? Do you remember that moment? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, that's a good, that'll be a good one. Yeah. So, uh, when I made varsity, um, so I started out at a Catholic school my, my freshman year, right? Okay. And, I, in my mind, I thought I was really good, um, but I wasn't really good at all. So I transferred to a public school. Okay. And um, when I transferred to that public school, they were having these early morning, they would just call them pickup games. Yeah. And um, I dunked on a senior. Whoa. Yeah, yeah it was insane. The, the, the entire gym went crazy. And, uh, you know, I think that guy quit. <laughs> but, uh, he, he, I think he quit. I think he quit playing sports. Oh my god! After that, um, but yeah, that's uh, that that was when I, you know, I I made the varsity. I made a name for myself, and right. Uh, right. kind of a turning point. Wow! All right, so so you know, this 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 will be a cool process to talk about because I'm sure the general person doesn't understand what it's like to be such a great athlete, and then all of a sudden. You start talking about college and then they have selection day. You do what you decide all that, that whole process, you know, scouts coming to the uh, uh, high school basketball game. Can you walk me a little bit through that? Cause I want to, the only way I can live through it is live vicariously through your story right now. No, man, that's cool. Cause uh, you're, you're, you're in uh, East coast, right? New Jersey, right? Yeah. Jersey. Yeah. So, So I'm from Buffalo. Okay. Here's the thing with Buffalo. 
vastly under recruited area because we share space with the mecca of basketball new york city so even if you're a really good player in buffalo new york you're gonna go under recruited right so adding to the fact that i started out playing late yeah i wasn't basketball is a game of skill it's not like football football i could just go out and hit people right basketball you dribble you shoot i didn't know Mm -hmm. like an undersized forward um and so there was a game in schenectady new york my my junior year Mm -hmm. so uh sophomore year we actually won states Mm -hmm. uh, just all from working hard but junior year we had a game uh in schenectady new york and uh i went up against one of the state's best players Mm -hmm. and um all the recruiters who were there to see him, okay, they were like, "Who the heck is this kid?" <laughs> I'm running him down on the fast break, blocking shots, some yeah. talking trash, and uh, that that got me some looks. And uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. yeah, so that I, I I began to play for a team in uh, Albany, New York. It was the only Nike sponsored team at the time, okay. But uh, that's what really helped me mm-hmm. get the recognition that. I was looking for and helped me get recruited. Oh, that's wonderful. So after the, so when the scouts saw you, do, do you remember that first conversation where someone came to you and said, I saw you play, what do you think about next steps? Yeah. So there were a bunch of schools that were actually after me. And at first there were a lot of uh, mid majors and lower tier schools that, you know, I didn't want to go to, I wanted to go to the big time schools. Right. And uh, so I said no to a lot of, teams at first but um senior year came and I decided that it would be in my best interest to attend preparatory school okay. which is a boarding school okay and uh in in Massachusetts actually and um you know a lot of the scouts were like well let's see what he does in in prep school right yeah um no one in my, you know, you got to also think too, Drew, like, because I'm the only person in my family who's not only uh, big into sports, but no one knows about college or the process or anything. So okay. it was actually me making all of these decisions. Okay. All right. So yeah. senior year in high school, I decided to just start skipping class, mm. even though, yeah, oh, oh, oh. Mm. Starting wow. skipping class okay. because I wanted to go to preparatory school so I can get better recruitment. Okay. So I missed like 70 days. Wow. But it okay. was insane. Yeah. Right. I, I was in my mind, this is strategy. Right. But my SAT, I'd already qualified. So I okay. had like an 1100 SAT okay. with a very low GPA. Okay. And um, no one understood why but it was my goal was to go to prep school uh, without graduating so that I, oh. I didn't know. If, yeah. And okay. uh, I really thought it through Okay, and um, it was risky. Yeah. But um, that's, that's the route I, that's the route I took. So I went to prep school and uh, that's where I started getting all so, my. So without stuff. the high school diploma then. But without the high school diploma, but I got a diploma from preparatory school. Got it. Okay. So, okay. Wow. What a strategy. I guess another story. Well, how the heck did you think of that? But okay. <laughs> All right. So, so now you're in preparatory school up in Massachusetts yes. and what happens yeah. then? 
there was a tournament in Houston, Texas. Um, and it was the team I, I was playing for. This was a traveling team. They were out of New York. So I got to still play with them okay. while I was at prep school because that I wasn't was the a Albany team. But that was the Albany team sponsored Albany by Nike. Team. Okay, got it. Okay. Sponsored by Nike. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're playing again. We're playing at a Nike tournament in yeah. Augusta, Georgia called wow. the Peach. Jam, right. <laughs> yeah. They call it the Peach Jam. And yeah. this is a big time tournament. Yeah. Um, there was a player there from Houston, Texas. Everyone was going crazy about him. It were two players, one from Houston and one from uh, Dallas. Okay. Um, at the time, I didn't know who this was, but it was Daniel Booby Gibson and Chris Bosch. Oh my on gosh. The same- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So we went up against those. We went up against them, and defensively, I did really well against Daniel Daniel Booby Gibson. Okay. And a recruiter from Baylor was there, um, Brian O'Neill, mm-hmm. um, who he you know he was surprised that he hadn't heard of me mm-hmm. um he, he got in contact with the coaches from that team and discussions started about me potentially joining Baylor okay. um that final year you know right. he found out that I was already qualified with my SAT right uh, my grades when I went to uh boarding school I could you can't miss school at boarding school so no, yeah <laughs> like a yeah. GPA yeah right and I've already done well on my SATs and so uh, from a student perspective, I was good. And then from an athletic perspective, good. it also seemed to be alignment. Awesome. So, so then, so the, the, the talks uh, continued, you fin- did you finish that first year of prep school? Yeah. I only, I only went to prep school for one year, one right? year. And, yep. and then, and then you, uh, did you, and you got a scholarship to Baylor or so, so I thought, <laughs> and then, and therein lies the beginning of, of another story. That's correct. Got it. So you started up at Baylor and tell me how that transition was going from Buffalo to New- to Massachusetts to to Baylor. Baylor's in Tex- Texas. Baylor's in Waco, Texas, Waco, right? Texas. Okay. So, yeah, and so to the Baylor staff, I was just another player to fill up their roster, right? But to Buffalo, New York and the community in which I came from, I was highly celebrated. Okay. This is a huge accomplishment. Wow. Here's yeah. this guy. He just started playing basketball when he was essentially a freshman. Yeah. And then four years later, yeah. he's getting a scholarship to one of yeah. the biggest conferences, mm-hmm. uh, basketball conferences um, in, in the world. Yeah. Um, so, the you know, the coach at the time, he flew up um, to visit us, uh, the head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we thought everything was good and, um, you know, I, it was all in the newspaper. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I thought everything was good. We, uh, when school started, I flew down there mm-hmm. and, um, the assistant coach who was at the tournament who recruited me first, Yeah, he goes, oh man. Yeah, there's something going on with your scholarship, man. But don't don't worry about it. Everything is going to be good. Okay. Okay. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. it was weird, but I didn't think much of it. Right. Yeah. So they let you. So you're still at school. You get you. you they tell you there's something going on that you're okay. So you believe you're okay. So it just went on just like regular freshman year. Yeah, I mean, there were when when I think back as an adult, right, with more experience, there's certainly things that 
you know, stood out. But mm. as a young, getting out of the condition in which I originally came from, yep. all I was really concerned about is, do I have to go back to Buffalo? Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, right. I don't care what, you know, do I get to play ball? Do I get to go to school? Right. Um, and yeah, but like there were, there would be situations where, so you're supposed to get a stipend check every oh, month as okay. a, a right. scholarship, right? And it's, yeah. it's funny because most people don't think that athletes get paid. Yeah, this I is know. even before, but okay. you would get a, 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 everyone would get their, uh, their monthly stipend check. Mm-hmm. I would get cash. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, oh, so you didn't, and you didn't, you're like, okay, that's interesting. You know, I'm from Buffalo. I mean, I know something isn't right. Yeah. Right. I'm, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. You Everybody know, else but, is getting a check and you're getting cash. So right there, that's. Yeah, I'm not going to start asking any questions. I don't want to go home. Right. Exactly. Yep. You don't want to go back to Buffalo. So you want to play ball. Yep. I get it. Yep. So so the game started and everything. You start. You played and had that. How yeah. that first year go for you, uh, playing wise? Oh man, I was horrible. I was so bad. That no? was bad. Really? Yeah, no. So, Drew, I was a I was an undersized forward. Okay. Yeah. Super athletic. Yeah. Right? And I yeah. would just be, um, you know, I was better than most, but I was an overachiever. And I just worked hard, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Right. So, right. When, yeah, when I got down there, um, I had to actually reinvent my entire game. No kid. So that coach that recruited me, um, I would have to go to the gym sometimes in the middle of the night to yeah. watch games, get up shots. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. All so right. we uh, we put in a lot of work, but I I wound up starting games. Um, okay. I had, yeah, I had some I had some highlights. I got better. Yeah. I started out bad, but I, I got better. Got better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So so tell me when uh, what was your best game? You think that you can recall like all around best game and, and against whom and give me a highlight of one play that stands out. Mm, that's a, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, I had a career high game against the university of Texas, my sophomore year. All right, that cool. was a, yeah. Yeah. What was the career high? I want to hear the point total. Uh, it was 17 points, uh, 17 points, like right. seven rebounds, uh-huh. assists, right? I was a, I was That's a cerebral. All player, around. Right? I love it. I love it. I love yeah. it. All right. Cool. 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 <laughs> um, did you guys, when you were there the first, at least the first two years, did you guys make the tour- the NCAA tournament, the 64 team, Mad March Madness? Do you remember? No, no, we didn't. And then, um, you know, because all those things happened my, my, my freshman year and, um, okay. You know the the coach he was just bent on running this particular type of offense. He okay. didn't change it. All right. Um, his name was uh David Bliss. Okay. Um, and the coaching staff they were all seasoned guys, really bright. Um, we had some really good players on the team. Some guys went to the NBA. Okay. That freshman year, but the offense didn't fit the team's skill set you know flex yeah. offense but uh okay. it wasn't conducive to the talent that we had on the right team. right so instead of molding the the the, the type of offense he was going to run to the player's strength it was like trying yes. to fit their weaknesses into a process or something like that exactly right that's exactly yeah right. it's tough 
All right. So so when did um now I don't know if a lot of the uh, and I didn't know anything about the the as somebody told me the Baylor scandal. I knew nothing about it. I read up on it after I was told um, as whatever you want to tell about it. How did that affect you and what happened? Like, you know. Yeah. Um, how did it affect me? I was bitter. I was angry, yeah. right? Um, Can you tell the audience like just a one oh one like quick summary synopsis that what occurred and so they have an idea in context? Whatever you feel yes. comfortable talking about. Yeah, no, I'll just lay it out. So my freshman year, um, while I was a player that summer from my freshman to my to my sophomore year, um, one of the players on my team, Patrick Dennehy was assaulted, murdered by another player on the team, Carlton Dotson. Wow. Um, and um, that resulted in an investigation of the entire program. Mm. And it was revealed that uh, I didn't have a scholarship, neither did uh, the Patrick who, who got murdered on the team. And um, we are allegedly are, our uh, our tuitions were being funded by other people, and oh, okay. um, right. because of that, the NCAA pen pen penalized Baylor and the players who were involved. Okay, and so it completely derailed my uh, my trajectory. All the things that I worked for, right? right? And I and like what we were talking about earlier, thinking that you have an expectation when you do things a certain type of way. Yeah. Right. 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 And then you, you run into an obstacle and you get derailed and you know, I, I, I was bitter. Yeah. It was an, an extremely bitter. How dare these people lie to me and betray me mm -hmm. and they're all rich still. Yes. And here I am, yeah. I'm going to essentially have to go back to the hood. Yeah. I was pissed. Of course. And, and, that, and rightly so. And we talked earlier before we recorded that that it's it's a challenge for a youth at age what sixteen what is it, eighteen or something eighteen nineteen years old to not think about blaming himself for what happened. Um, mm -hmm. I'm proud of you for not chasing the results because you had nothing to do with what happened. You and you know it, and I, and I understand the bitterness part because you truly believed that you had yes. the scholarship. And for you to yeah. be penalized for something you had no I, no knowledge about seems to me to be unfair. But they say life isn't fair. So what happened after that? I mean, obviously, you said this happened in your freshman year. You still played sophomore year. So how were you able to play sophomore year without the scholarship with now a tuition cost hanging over your family's head? Yeah. So um, that team that I played for yeah. out of... Uh... New York yeah uh, the, the guy who the coach of that team um you know they they helped me out a lot they found me an attorney right and we got the tuition um expunged because I didn't know yeah and then the the, the negotiation from the Baylor perspective was uh hey we'll we'll give them an, another year scholarship and then essentially like part ways. Okay. So I played that extra year, but 
uh, be, that year, the NCAA penalized Baylor, right. so they couldn't compete in the NCAA tournament. So oh, that that season was essentially a lost season, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it's important to 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 understand that I did need some time to get over it, right? Yeah. And, I'm really fortunate because there were a lot of people who surrounded me and and gave me the love that I you know they saw that they needed that I needed. Right. Um yeah, in short though, I uh after that sophomore year, I wound up going back to Buffalo, okay. going to a school Canisius College and um Wait, what college? Canisius. Canisius. Yeah. Now what what uh conference is that? Mac, it's in the Mac conference. Let me see, and and they played Fairfield University, right? <laughs> where where I went, yeah. And we're yeah, probably about right around. The, well, you're probably younger than I am, but all right, there we go. Rivalry, guy. Let's talk about Canisius. Go ahead. Canisius, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I thought it was over. I thought that that yeah. you know, I I thought that hey, look, I'm gonna just go out. I'm just gonna ride out to the sunset, graduate, probably go play overseas or something. Yeah. Two years at Canisius or two or three years. And um uh senior year, Kyle's girlfriend gets pregnant with a kid. Oh boy. Okay. Yep. And you know, this is my son. And now I'm faced with do I go play overseas or do I stay back? Right? Yeah. And I'm supposed to be a father because all I, I thought that this was the right thing to do, right? Again. Yeah. So I'm like got a college degree. Um, let me stay back and take care of this, this kid, because that's the right thing to do. What are you right. talking about? Um, it was during the great recession. There were no jobs out there. Coupling that with, I had no job experience. Mm-hmm. It was a big, tough time for me. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. Um, yeah. But I, I would tell you what I used to say to myself was, uh, I've been through worse. Mm-hmm. Every day like I you know I've been through worse mm-hmm. um so that that would help me get it through but um right. it took some time for me to uh to find my way well we I know you found fa- you have found your way so tell yeah. me how you reached inside and found some answers within and let me know if there were other supporting casts people around you who helped you get to where you are now and then we'll talk about where you are now yeah, so um, there are a bunch of people. I, I would even say I met my wife in college as mm-hmm. well. So having her even as an example was important for me. Right. But okay. um, you know that that period at their at their uh, at their Baylor, right? Even me going to Kanisha's, it stood with me. As I said, I was like, I was bitter. And so I could never shake out of my mind, hey, I didn't do anything wrong. Why would something like that happen to me? For sure. I started in like God and yeah. faith, right. you know, and, and those things. And then there were some situations that I was in yeah. that uh kind of thought to myself, it was, it was I was at someone's house around a bunch of guys. Um, I was like homeless at this time, Drew. Oh my! And I'm like, 
I'm like, I cannot believe that I've been through all that just to be here. And then something just kind of clicked literally in this moment. I'm thinking, what can I do to get control again? What yeah. can I do? What can I take control of mm -hmm. to change this environment that I'm in? Sure. You know, I've been through things before. I know what I'm possible. I know what I'm capable of. Yeah. Um, so I started to take stock mentally. Good. So I'm like, well, what that I know how to do? Well, I know sports. I know basketball. I started training kids in the neighborhood yeah. for free. All right. And um, I got my name out. They were like, hey, look, Corey is coming up. He's really good. He knows his stuff. Um, that got that word got back to a uh, a coach at a college yeah. who asked me to come join his coaching staff as a Wonderful. coach. Wonderful. And yeah, got that coaching job. Um, and what I really what I realized during that time, and, and you know, I always say to people, is like, hey, appreciate the person that a struggle makes you, mm. right? Don't, you know, because you, you learn stuff about yourself. What I, what mm. I really learned about coaching is, is that I do like helping people. I like supporting people reach yeah. their goals. Right. That's what I wish I had, right? Sure. So sure. got to the, got to the coaching. Um, we went to the NCAA finals, made a, you know, I'm making a name for myself as a coach. Where was got it? Where was it? Do you mind saying? Can you say, where did you, where did you, where did you coach? I coached at a division three school in Buffalo called Mandai College. Okay. Wow. Okay. Awesome. And you made the finals. <laughs> All right. We went to the, uh, we went to the NCAA. We didn't go to the finals. We went oh. to the NCAA tournament. Oh, you went, yeah. to the you went to the tournament. You got to the tournament. Good. Yeah. Um, And then I got another job at a, at Union College in okay. upstate New York. Yeah. I've heard of Union. Yeah. Um, Schenectady. Mm-hmm. Um, while I'm out doing that, you know, um, I'm a bit closer to the, to the coaches from that, um, uh, organization mm -hmm. that helped me out. Taylor. Oh yes. But yes. I got a pep in my step. I'm kind of just moving around. I'm moving with passion. I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, because I came from such a dark place. Yeah. I knew this, I much prefer doing this stuff and this is easy. Yeah. I can't believe I took so long to figure this out. Yeah. Right. Um, but I I met a gentleman while I was out coaching and, and recruiting who just really liked me. Mm -hmm. He just saw something in me. And uh, he said, hey, have you ever thought about technology sales? Never crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. We're talking about systems integrations and databases and data warehouses. I didn't know any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I said, uh, I said, no, you know what? But it, it sounds very interesting. Um, teach me, right? Yeah. Um, let me let me learn more, right? Yeah. Uh, another thing I'll say, Drew, and I don't mean to jump around and be so abstract, but no, this is great. Yeah. So when I was in the, in those lowest points, one of the things that really got me out of it yeah. was continuously learning new things. Okay. Right? Yep. Me telling him, hey, just teach me what you're talking about. That helped out tremendously. Mm -hmm. um, he, he found something, he saw something in me and that resulted in him offering me a job as a business development representative for a systems integration firm. And I took it. Wow. Um, and Great. I family to, uh, to Ohio mm -hmm. to that opportunity. And, and that led to, uh, you know, one for that company, a multi-million dollar contract wow. um, during my 
So um, it, it was one of being a good decision. Congratulations. And it's, it's a beautiful thing when somebody who you don't know sees something in you and gives you an opportunity um, to want and to want to pay it forward, you know? So, yeah. so now where, where are you now? What are you doing now? Uh, what pays the bills? What are you doing to, to benefit the community? Tell me about what you're doing now so we could let the world know. Yeah. So I still work as a consultant um, in information technology mm -hmm. um, on the sell side, on the business side of things. I, I went back to school to, to learn data science and data okay. analytics. Wow. Yeah, so right now I have my hands in, in a few different things to uh, to grow business, but I like finding opportunities to help people from the business and sales side and right. and figuring out how uh, technology can can improve businesses and, and operations. Wow, that's wonderful. Anything else you're working on you want the audience to know before I get to my last two questions? No, I think uh, I think we, we've covered a lot. All right. Um, All right. So, so I want to ask you a question here. So you're sitting down with young seven to 10 year old Corey and you want to give him advice about life. What are you going to tell him? Hmm. What would I tell young Corey? Hmm. So. What I tell young Corey? You know, I would I would probably say something to the effect of uh, you know, don't let the world change you. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't let the world change you. Wow. Ah, all right. Now put on a different hat. And now you're sitting with Corey, the young businessman, entrepreneur, ready to take on the business world. What kind of business advice are you going to give him? Hmm. I have discernment. Have right? discernment. Be, okay. Be 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 well aware of who you choose to do business with. Mm. Oh, that's great advice. Corey, um, I want to thank you for not only coming on, but for becoming coming into my life. I'm grateful that I can call you my friend. Um, you are a wonderful human being. You've gone through a lot and you're a much stronger person for it. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, and and, you know, the I, I know that we've we've now kind of gotten the, the understood the essence of Corey Herring. And people are going to want to get in touch with you to get some more of you. How make it easy for them to be able to reach you? How can people get more of Corey Herring? Well, I'm really active on LinkedIn. Um, you can just type my name into LinkedIn, Corey Herring, LinkedIn. Uh, I also have a an email, Corey, C O R E Y dot P dot Herring at gmail.com. And I'm always looking to network and meet new people. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much for being who you are and keep doing what you're doing, man. You are you are an, <laughs> such an asset and inspiration for other people. So thanks again, man. Thank you, Drew. It's an absolute pleasure. Be well, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and give us a review to help others find it. 
If you find yourself immersed in adversity and would like to find support from other men in times of struggle, please become a member of my Men Supporting Men Collaboration Tribe by emailing me at drew at profitcompassion.com, expressing your interest, and I'll get in touch with you. Speak to you soon.